welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. My name is Daniel, and uh, if you're new here today, welcome. That was probably the best sermon bumper series or sermon bumper that we've seen so far. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, but I love that. Uh, I love that picture. Just Jonathan, thank you for putting that together. Um, every week, he's he's kind of crafting a, a new bumper for uh, each sermon, and. Uh, this week we're talking about relationships and community, and that picture is uh, of me and Abin, one of our, our youth in our church, uh, of how we do life together. We're serving one another, we're, we're communing with one another, we're doing life with one another, we're confessing with one another, and that's just a perfect example of, of what that uh, looks like. And so uh, what I want to share today, and we want to talk about Jesus's humanity, right? Like he could have came down as God in all his power and glory and snapped his finger and, and made us obey him, right? But he didn't. He came down as a human being uh, in a feed trough uh, in, in the flesh to give us an example of what it means to live in relationship and what it means to be uh, in community, right? And so the more we get of Jesus, the more we understand him, the more we get of the gospel, the more we'll be able to live out the relationships that God has uh, created us for. And so let me start with this illustration. Uh, my wife, Yejin, whom I love, uh, she's probably there right now uh, on the couch worshiping and, and, and there. And so uh, she is an expert saver, right? She's very frugal. Uh, she knows how to uh, manage our finances. Uh, when I first came to Trinity Life, there was everybody else. There was Mike, he was here. And then when I met Yejin, it was like, oh my gosh, like I felt like my eyes were opened uh, to being frugal and saving. And she knows, uh, she knows when all the uh, coupons are coming out. Thursdays uh, is, is the Korean coupons. On Wednesdays is all the Western coupons that come out. She knows that uh, if we go to City Market at uh, 9 p.m., right before it closes, we can get a bunch of stuff off for 50%. We know that if we go at nine in the morning when it opens, there'll be also a bunch of stuff that's uh, 50%. And guys, we, we, we probably have about, I don't know, three or four grocery stores that we go to. Uh, not because we're super picky, but it's because uh, we wanna save money. We wanna be able to get out of debt faster, right? And so we go to City Market, uh, we go to No Frills, we go to Galleria, Korean supermarket, shout out. Uh, and we, uh, I don't know if I said No Frills, sometimes we'll go to Longo's, just a, a plethora of different places that we'll grocery shop, even if we can save 25 cents on yogurt, and yes, it's happened before, 25 cents here, 50 cents there, and the reason why we go to so many different grocery stores is because we have a business or a consumeristic relationship with our grocery stores, right? If we can find a better deal somewhere else, we'll move on. We'll go to a different grocery store. If we can find a, uh, a nicer place, we'll move on. If, if this grocery store doesn't meet our needs, we'll go to a different grocery store. And for a lot of us, we treat our relationships that are around us consumeristically, right? We say like, hey, if you can't meet my needs or meet my happiness, I'm just gonna bounce. I'm not gonna be a part of this. Or when things get really tough, we don't long suffer. We don't work through things. We don't work through things. We don't forgive, right? When we go to a church and things don't fit properly or we have a disagreement or a, a small disagreement on theology, 
we just go to a different church, right? We just shop around, right? That's, what, that's kind of the language that we use. So for you guys, how many of you are struggling with relationships, right? Learning how to navigate, or navigating how to be in relationships, uh, whether it's your coworkers, it's family members. Most of you guys have maybe been hurt or have hurt somebody. Maybe some of you right now are experiencing bitterness with somebody, right? You haven't reconciled with them. Maybe some of you have been left disappointed or disappointed other people, or you're frustrated or you're angry. And guys, when you don't forgive and you're bitter and you're angry and you said, I'm never gonna let that person uh, do that to me again, the person that's actually in prison spiritually and physically the per- is, the person is the person who's not forgiving, is the person who's stuck in that cage, right? That person might have just moved on while you're still stuck in that cage. And Jesus says, Come and conform to my example. Let me show you through my humanity, through my forgiveness, through my giving, through my sacrificing, what community really is and what relationships I created you for. And so as we jump in, my prayer this morning is I know Sunday service, and for a lot of you on the live stream, Sunday service uh, can seem kind of mundane and you can just go through the religious activity of watching something and giving and just doing, right? A lot of the Pharisees in the New Testament, they just did stuff, right? Because they just felt like they had to or they were trying to uh, uh, um, earn a moral righteousness. And some of us, I feel like, can, can be in that, right? And so this morning, I just want to encourage you and exhort you and ask you, how is your heart this morning uh, when it came to worship, right? Did you come to God and hearing this word with a posture of worship, of humility, of wanting to learn? Or have you been distracted this morning with dishes or errands or maybe you're on social media or, or whatever the case might be? And so this morning, I want us to just be in awe and, and to know that, guys, we're in the Word of God, right? This, the Word of God has the power to transform. It has the power to breathe life. It has the power to take uh, dry bones and, and to put flesh and to give hope and to give peace. And so that's where I kind of want our heart uh, this morning as we listen to the Word of God. And so our passage is going to come out of Luke 5, uh, 1 to 11, and then uh, a few uh, passages later on, which, which I'll share as well. And so in verse 5, it says this. And Simon answered, uh, and Simon answered, oh, actually, sorry, uh, we'll go to verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Okay, we'll, we'll stop right there. Uh, that word pressing is like eager, kind of excited, kind of curious. Um, the people knew that the word of God, Jesus, as he was speaking, there was authority behind that. There was a power behind that. People's lives were being transformed. And so the question that I want to ask you today and what I was alluding uh, kind of a, a few seconds ago is, how hungry are you for the word of God this morning? I mean, honestly speaking, ask yourself that question. How hungry are you for the word of God this morning? This morning, uh, this past week that just just went by, through your work schedules, through all your relationships, through all the busyness, how hungry were you for the word of God? And if we ask honestly, if we just go beneath the surface, a lot of us has lost our hunger and our drive and our passion for the word of God. We just see this book as every other book. Uh, for, a lot of, for a lot of you guys, 
uh, the Bible, maybe you haven't read it for a few days or a few weeks or maybe even a few months, right? It's just sitting there collecting dust. We don't see it as holy. We don't revere it. We don't see it as the word of God, uh, the creator of the universe coming down and giving us this book. And the reason why so many of us aren't in the relationships that we're in right now is because we've conformed to the world and not to God's word. I mean, Netflix is telling you what relationships should look like. Media is telling you what relationships should look like. I mean, your parents are telling you what relationships should look like. When Jesus is saying the scriptures is how your relationships should look like, and he gives us that example through his humanity, which we'll talk about as the sermon progresses. For myself, I've been a Christian for maybe, I don't know, almost eight years, so probably around the same time uh, Adam is, actually. Uh, And when I first became a follower of Jesus, uh, the thing that the Spirit did in me was he gave me a hunger and a thirst for the Word of God. There are so many things that I struggled with. Uh, I didn't grow up with, in the best family environment, I didn't grow up with uh, the best uh, circle of friends. I was involved in a lot of bad stuff. Uh, I struggled with anger. I struggled with lust. I struggled with being impatient. I struggled with not knowing how to listen properly. Uh, I struggled with uh, being in relationships and how that worked it out. I barely had any friends. All my friends were basically drug dealers or, or people that just partied every single week. And, and the one thing that was the most formative at that time and the thing that's the most formative now was God's word. I was meditating on it. I was... Uh, remembering it. I had it on, I had, uh, I don't know, maybe about a 50 to 80 uh, Bible verses on cue cards that I would read over and just meditate on every single day. And the thing, again, that, that, that changed me from going to being angry and being understanding for somebody who, uh, who, who lusted a lot to be able to find victory in a lot of those areas, uh, somebody who Uh, didn't know how to be a a man of God, Uh, somebody who didn't know how to pursue somebody uh, in a uh, relationship or in dating or in marriage or how to be a husband or how to be a friend or how to be in community. The one thing that shaped me uh, the most and the one thing that's going to shape you uh, to be the best follower of Jesus that you can be and to be in the relationships that you should be is the word of God, right? We, We can't underestimate the power of the word of God. If you want to be in thriving, God-honoring relationships, press into the Word of God every day. You have to let these, uh, these truths shape your heart. We have to let it prune the bad things out, to take out the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh, to make us white as snow. And guys, there's so many different uh, arguments for the validity of the Bible uh, over 400 prophecies that, that came true, uh, the, the prophetic fulfillments there, the eyewitness accounts, uh, Jesus' authority in the word. But I think the one thing that, uh, that, that uh, is a good case or good evidence for the Bible through the thousands and thousands of years is that it's changed people's lives, right? And the word of God has a supernatural ability to take someone from death to life, from bondage to freedom, from darkness to light. And there's a reason why our church is rooted in the word of God. There's a reason why we sang the word of God. We sang uh, dry bones that came out of Ezekiel. There's a reason why we preach the word of God. The reason why our church is led by the word of God. And there's a reason why we disciple through the word of God. 
And the sad thing is, most of you guys probably have more secular songs memorized, or more lines from Netflix memorized. Instead of having God's word hidden in our heart, we have Netflix hidden in our heart. Instead of having God's word hidden in our heart, we have social media hidden in our heart. Instead of having God's word hidden in our heart, we have busyness hidden in our heart. And scripture says in 2 Timothy that all scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training up in righteousness. And sometimes we stop right there. But if you keep going, it says that, so that the people of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Do you want to be more holy? Read the scriptures. Do you want to be more pure? Read the scriptures. Do you want to be more wise? Read the scriptures. Do you want to be more patient and forgiving? Read the scriptures. Hide it in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. And if you want to be in healthy relationships, read the scriptures. And some of you might be thinking, well, where do I start? Just open it up and read it, right? Just read it. Come to it with a, a humble heart. Come to it with open hands, being willing to, to learn and let God speak to you. Because every time we open up this holy book, God is speaking to you. And Jesus was devoted to the word daily. And that resulted in his disciples giving up their lives for him so that the gospel of Jesus could be made known. I mean, do you want people like that in your lives? Do you want relationships like that? As you let the scriptures mature you, point out your pride, rebuke you, make you confess your sins, you'll be more like Jesus and you'll have the relationships that he had. The more sanctified you are by this book, the more you'll forgive, the more you'll be patient, the more you'll be kind, and the more you'll sacrifice. And so in order to be in the relationships that God has called us to be in, we have to be devoted to this word. And then it says here, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats which was Simon's, he asked him to put it out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. This is Jesus right here, living out his destiny and identity. I mean, he's living on mission for the Father. Everywhere he went was his mission field. And often as Christians, uh, our, our faith is compartmentalized, maybe just on a Sunday, right? And we say, this is my work. This is my family. This is my grocery store. These are my neighbors here. But Jesus is saying, wherever you go, that's your mission field. We often say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity. Or, or, but guys, you are the opportunity that God has placed in people's lives. We ask, hey, uh, we pray things like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for an open door. You are that open door. You just need to walk through it in obedience. We often say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. 
but it's actually simple. It's to love him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor. And if you're doing that anytime, anywhere, in any place, you're living out the will of God. And Jesus gave up everything to live on mission for the Father. And my hope is that we wouldn't be a church of just takers and attenders, but we would be a church of goers and givers. So my question for you guys is, what is preventing you from living on mission for Jesus? And I think one of the main idols in our culture is comfort. Comfort hinders us and even is in direct opposition of God's mission. I mean, you want to build your own kingdom and you want to have your own will be done. I mean, your priority is your job, it's your future, it's your kids, it's your bank account. And for some of you guys, you could probably remember that, man, you were so on fire for Jesus. You had so much passion. You, you're ready to give up anything, to go anywhere, to go any place, to talk to any person. And then you started dating that person. And then maybe you got married. And then you had kids. And then you had to buy that house. And it slowly happened at some point. And you stopped saying, God, your will be done and your kingdom come to my will be done and my kingdom come. And you gave into the lie of the world that you should be comfortable, that you should store up more treasures here on earth. And you might be saying, I need to finish college. I need to get a good job. I need to get married. I need to buy a house. I need to have kids. And then I need to retire. But Jesus is saying, die to yourself. Carry your cross. Give up everything. Stop storing up things on earth, but live on mission for me. And guys, those things like materialism, some comfort, uh, a car, a house, those things aren't bad things. But often we make them God things, right? We make them ultimate things. And that dictates how we live. That dictates how we sacrifice. Most of us don't even give 10% to the church, but we're willing to give 25% down on a payment for a new house, right? And so that, that reveals something about our hearts. Guys, the Christian life is nothing but uncomfortable, but in a good way. It's going to stretch you. It's going to challenge you. But the reward is great. If you look in the New Testament, the, the rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus and he asks, what do I need to do? What, what's left on my list of things to do in order to follow you? And Jesus knows that there's an idol in his heart of comfort, of materialism, of wealth. And Jesus says, give those things up. And the sad thing is, the rich young ruler doesn't repent. He actually goes away grieved. Guys, Jesus is saying that you have to carry your cross in order to follow me. But some of you guys are carrying debt. And some of you guys are carrying your kids. Some of you guys are carrying career. Something else has replaced the priority and urgency of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we just become complacent and comfortable. And you've lost your passion and zeal. We live like the world. We talk like the world. We conform to the world. And somewhere down the line, we just stopped following Jesus. And so today, what do you need to let go in order to live on mission for Jesus? What is hindering the life that he's called you for? 
And Jesus isn't asking us any, to do anything that he hasn't already. He's carried his cross. He was murdered on a cross for us. So now we can live for him. So are you storing up treasures here on earth? Or are you building your own kingdom? Or are you going to build Jesus's? And then in verse 4 it says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let your nets, uh, let your, let your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. Okay, so let's stop right there. How many of you, uh, when Jesus asks you to do something, you respond in that way? Jesus says, do this for me. Walk on in obedience. Have faith. But you say, we've toiled all night and took nothing. I know you're asking me to leave this job, but it pays so well. I know I shouldn't be in this relationship I, knew I, should, I know I shouldn't pursue this non-Christian. I know that I should be out of debt because it's unhealthy. It has just a, a grip on my heart. But then look at how Simon responds. He says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. He hears the word of God and then he obeys it. He's saying this doesn't make sense in my mind because I'm a fisherman. I, I've been doing this all uh, for, for many, many years. And we've toiled all day. And you're asking me to throw my net, Jesus, again over here? I've done that 20 times today, 30 times, 40 times, and we caught nothing. But he obeys and he catches a boatload of fish, literally speaking. If you go to verse 6, it says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they asked and they came and filled both boats so that, they, so that the boat began to sink. Guys, obedience will always bring reward. And I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. I'm not saying that you'll always be happy or you'll always be healthy or you'll always be rich. But when you hear and obey God, you'll have peace, you'll have comfort, you'll have the fullness of the Spirit. And yeah, maybe God will bless you financially or with some sort of uh, materialistic thing. God is our faithful provider. And he wants to bless you with more than you can ever dream of. But we're stuck holding on to something. We don't want to let go. We think that we know better. And then we miss out on the blessing that God wants for us. Then verse 8 says, but when Simon uh, Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees. So when he saw uh, the miracle that just happened, all the fish that they caught, the hundreds and hundreds of pounds that they caught, Peter says this, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had. Now, this wouldn't have, this wouldn't have been the first time that Peter... Uh, met Jesus, right? He would have heard about Jesus. That's why he led him into his boat. He didn't just let this random person come into his boat and start speaking the word of God, but he knew of Jesus's, uh, uh, he would have knew of him already. He would have actually been privileged and honored that uh, this person, Jesus, who's been casting out demons, performing miracles, bringing people from, from death to life into his boat. And the main thing that happens there is that Jesus actually decides or uh, Peter becomes a follower of Jesus. He goes from hearing Jesus, knowing about Jesus, head knowledge, 
to actual heart transformation. And that's why he follows Jesus and obeys him and, and ushers in the kingdom. And most of us will say, well, I'll only follow you only if this makes sense. I'll only follow you if I, if I know what's going to happen. I'll only follow you if I receive this blessing or if I'm healthy or if I'm happy. And the scriptures are clear. Either you're following Jesus wholeheartedly or you're not. And so do you desire to be a follower of Jesus Christ? In our church right now, we have uh, our three groups. This is where discipleship happens. This is where you're equipped. This is where the word of God is, is shaping you and molding you. This is where the one another lifestyle happens, where we confess with one another, we share with one another, we build up one another. And then we also have Rise Online. This is a great way to, to build your foundation uh, strong, to be able to push you out, to be a follower of Jesus. There's lots of stuff on there that's going to equip you, that's going to challenge you, that's, that's, you're going to take away something from there. So whether you're a brand new Christian, whether you're a veteran, uh, you're going to learn something in it that's going to help you be a better follower of Jesus. It's going to help you uh, see discipleship in, in a bigger lens, right? Most of our most of our lens in discipleship is, is about this kind of uh, small, but rise and being in an R3 is really going to open up that curtain. And guys, most of us, we invest hours in Netflix. We invest hours on YouTube. Some of us invest hours on, uh, on, on video games. Why not invest in something that's eternal? And it says here in verse 10, And so also were James and John, son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. And when they, when they had bought their, boats, uh, brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And I love this part because Jesus says, Do not be afraid. Jesus shows his humanity, his compassion here. He says, I get it. It's not going to be easy. Maybe giving up that house or that relationship or leaving that job is going to be difficult and there's going to be fears there. And for most of us, we'd rather be sometimes unhappy than going out into the uncertain, right? But Jesus says, trust me. He's saying, let me be your treasure. Hide me in your heart. Build your foundation on me. Hear and obey, and you'll be blessed. And if we do these things, if we give up, and we store up less, and we sacrifice more, to the world, that's foolishness, right? The world says invest more, buy more, store up more, take up more, consume more. But Jesus is saying give more, sacrifice more, store up less, live for me because it's all fleeting anyways. And this idol is promising something, and it'll never satisfy. It'll always leave you empty. Whether it's career, or success, or beauty, or money, or that car that you bought, or that house. Yeah, it'll kind of, the, the adrenaline will keep you, keep you going for the first few months, or maybe the first few years, but that, that, that promise that that thing is trying to give you, 
it'll leave you empty and you'll have to go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So Jesus is saying, saturate yourself in my word, live on mission for me, sacrifice for me. And then he says, here are the types of relationships that you can have when you hear and obey my word. If we quickly go to Luke 8, uh, 1 to 3, and then we'll wrap up. It says this, Soon afterward, he went out through all the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been, here, uh, been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of uh, Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for, their, uh, for them in their means. Jesus decided to partner with both men and women to usher in the kingdom of God. He could have done this on his own, but he chooses sinful, broken people to show his glory. If you look through the whole Bible, you'll see that, that Jesus never picks the most intellectual, the most smart, but he chooses broken and sinful people. Jacob, a cheater, David, an adulterer, Paul, a murderer, Peter, a betrayer, Thomas, a doubter, Rahab, a prostitute, and the point of this is so that when people's lives are transformed and demons are casted out, people would know that it's God. Scripture says that his power is made known in our weaknesses. And this means that there's hope for, for you and there's hope for me. Do you think you're unqualified to be fishers of men, to make disciples? Do you feel insecure? Do you lack the skill to, to talk to people or to approach people? This is a good place to be because you have to rely on the scriptures and on God even more. And in verse 8 it says, Soon afterward he went on through all the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. Jesus through his humanity and through his whole life, he's showing us how to be in relationships with one another. He's showing us what community is. He's modeling for us what it means to be human and to love one another, to serve one another, to pray for one another. And so we move away from consumeristic mentality to sacrificial service and giving. And so we know that we should be in the word of God. We know that we should give up comfort and convenience for the gospel. We know that we're called to live this one another lifestyle. But where do we get the power to do this? And it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to look at what he's done for us. He was in the perfect community. He was in the perfect relationship with God the Father, God the Spirit, God the, God the Son, all loving each other, serving each other. And he ends up coming down as a human being and he's murdered on a cross. And he dies for us, sinful, broken people, so that we can live that's the power that's going to propel us to make disciples. That's the power that's going to help us to be in the relationships that we should be in. That's the power that's going to help us to be in the community that we're going to be in. And that's what Jesus is inviting you guys into. Take the gospel, press it into your heart, prune out all those broken things, and let Jesus have his way with you. Let me pray. Jesus, uh, if we admit, we, we don't know how to be in relationships well. Uh, we, yeah, we just, there's pride, there's selfishness, there's so many things there. That's the bad news. But the good news is, 
Jesus, you came and you died for our sins to be able to set us free so that now we can live in the relationships, in the community, in the way that you created us for. You're able to take these dry bones and make us new again. And so for anybody that's struggling with how to be in relationship and how to be in community, God, there's hope today. Jesus is inviting us into something amazing and glorious. And we just want to receive that today open-handedly. We pray in Jesus' name. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.